0: welcome to episode 10 yeah for Ooh. another episode of oh god it hurts
1: oh god it hurts
2: wow
0: that was very dignified i love it. wasn't it, it? i know? was
1: just i was just you know I was just in a cloth napkin and salad fork sort of mood, you know, I just wanted to yeah, to, to take us there You know, let's, let's elevate some expectations here, Ed
2: Well,
0: yeah, this being uh, our first double-digit episode, I agree, yep. we gotta be dapper today Yep Stalin profiling mm-hmm. So, James
2: <laughs> Yes
0: How are you doing today?
1: I'm good, sir You know, uh, it was a long and intense work week, but it is Saturday in the early evening and you and I are getting ready to shoot the shit through the world of games as we uh, picked up on a variety of things this week, especially the very large and very uh, deep cut ridden Nintendo Direct,
0: lots of deep Uh, cuts, choice lots of deep
1: cuts, yeah,
0: just choice cuts.
1: I mean, you know, it was an interesting direct because we sort of knew that like there wouldn't be much in the way of like earth-shattering, large like Nintendo franchise-centric announcements. Yeah, because the way it was framed, it was basically like, okay, this is stuff that's coming out in the first half of 2022. And we sort of know them and the way they work, and it wasn't likely that there were going to be any like atomic sized announcements. Like we pretty much knew there wasn't going to be anything new for like Breath of the Wild two. Um. So yeah, uh, I didn't have any expectations going into it, but I feel like it yielded all kinds of pleasant surprises. How about you?
0: Well, for me, uh. I had a similar type of feeling. Uh, Basically, there wasn't anything that I was truly blown away by, but there were a Mm -hmm. lot of really cool, nice surprises that I was like, wow, that's coming out. That's pretty cool. I am definitely interested in getting it. Mm -hmm. And some confirmations of some dates for some other games. Right. Yeah definitely a great place to start with the water cooler
1: yeah
0: Um, what would you say
1: was your favorite announcement of the direct
0: oh it's hard to choose because there's quite a few that I'm really excited to play Mm -hmm.
2: um I'm guessing that it's gonna be live alive
0: that Um, that was completely out of left field I, I had no idea that they, square enix was even thinking about this game because it never got released in the west it was a yep. super famicom game that a lot of people who played translations of the game they raved about it saying that it was a unique rpg because mm-hmm. of the fact that it went through seven different storylines all in one right and some of like some of the quests in the game were completely from what i understand different from each other so
1: i gotta say like i'm all i'm also like i'm impressed by it because you know as you said it was this kind of forgotten late generation super famicom game that you know, was definitely off the table for a stateside release, just given what, you know, the expectations were in that day and age. Like, if you were going to bring one of those big, you know, the Squaresoft games that were on those cartridges at the time were, they were really expensive games to manufacture. And so I think between the cost of localization and the cartridge itself, like that was never a candidate to be released stateside. Yet at the same time, um, the way you mentioned, the way it juggles these storylines with multiple characters and the way it does, it's kind of a definite progenitor to Octopath, uh, Octopath Traveler.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which uh, <laughs> I still need to finish, but... Yeah. I guess there's a new term for that type of game, 2D HD. And it's a nice candidate to give that treatment
1: yeah i mean it's definitely got like a very different um time and place sort of thing than your kind of standard you know medieval fantasy themed jrpg so i like it and it's it's definitely like a a lovely little curveball that you know sometimes you know it's easy to get annoyed with square with just the relatively predictable pace of Reissues and things that they bring out, but that was one I definitely didn't expect, and I was also equally surprised by uh front mission:
2: yeah, uh,
0: <laughs> Our buddy Mark was very into front mission, and I'm sure well he doesn't I don't know if he has a switch, but I'm sure he would be happy if he could play it.
1: oh i'm he's got to have a Nintendo switch.
0: I would think so like, too yeah but
1: just based on what a big fan he is of the Zelda series I would think he's at least he at least went out and bought one just to play Breath of the Wild and to sort of breathe in whatever's contemporary on the Nintendo front given that he's got to stay on top of that stuff cuz he's a game developer.
2: Yeah. Maybe but, we
0: can ask him someday if he ever stops by yeah. for yeah, a that'd podcast.
1: It'd be, be great if he did. But yeah. um So, no, I'm also excited about Front Mission as well. Anything else you were particularly uh, pickled by?
0: Too many, too many. Uh, I want to know what your game of the Direct was, the one that you're interested in.
1: So, as I've mentioned before, um, I was a super early adopter of PlayStation yeah. Um, and a the big part of that was the fact that I was this giant Ridge Racer addict. We had a Ridge Racer machine at the golf and stuff here in Tucson, and I loved that game. And when I realized that a port of that game was basically going to be the launch title for it, like the primary launch title for it in Japan, I... Decided that I was gonna do my damnedest to import one upon release, which I did. Yeah. Um so I was a big fan of Namco's games from that era. And I was also a very big fan of the Klonoa series. So oh, yeah. So I'm really I'm really stoked that Klonoa one and two are making their way to the Switch because They're really excellent and unique platform titles. Mm -hmm. Like, they've just got kind of a different style of platforming and combat and puzzle solving. The way you have this weird little ring thingy that allows you to zap enemies and then hold them. That Basically, it's like you grab one and then you can sort of pogo off of it to reach greater heights in a stage. Um, So I love that gameplay. I really love the character. Um, I played the living crap out of the original game. However, the second one also remains one of those games that I've never actually finished. So to be able to replay those games on the Nintendo Switch, um, looking rather beautiful from the little bit of footage that we got um i'm excited about that
0: i heard that the first one is probably from the Wii remake of clonoa
2: that may be one.
1: true yeah
0: and i never actually spent, spent any
1: time yeah i never actually spent any time with the the we remake um I just remember from what little I played of Klonoa 2 on the PlayStation 2, it was a little bit strange looking just because um, it was a relatively early title on the PS2 and I remember that that was a time where a lot of programmers were sort of struggling with the amount of VRAM that was in the system and they hadn't quite figured out how to be able to stream like a lot of textures Hmm. into like whatever was happening on screen at a given moment. So it had kind of a strangely sparse look to it. Of course, those were actual 3d models as opposed to the 2d sprites that were in the first game. So it was a little bit strange. And I think, um, from the way it looks like this is going to have more of a sort of unified look to it between both games. So I'm stoked for it just because the, the original is a great platform game that, you know, I don't think enough people got to spend some time with that. So it's great that it'll be available again for a platform that everybody's got.
0: I remember uh, back when I was in the States and talking mm-hmm. with you and watching you play Klonoa games. Um, I also know that you are also a big fan of another platformer called Tomba.
2: hmm
0: Yeah. So um, I know that platformers are really your thing because uh, basically one of your favorite games is Super Mario World, right? Right. And Klonoa and uh, Tomba are definitely platformers that are, you know, they do the the platforming thing quite well, but in different types of ways. So I I am definitely interested in playing Klonoa because I never got to play it uh even after you told me about it. I just never got around to playing it. So I, I think it's a golden opportunity. And also um I also have the first gba game i haven't played it yet though Mm. but i've i've had it for a long time it's part of the big backlog that
1: (sighs) just continues to grow
0: yeah i know (laughs) but that's what i'm trying to tackle this year trying to get those backlog games out of there
1: yeah
2: but i also
1: yeah well i was just gonna say um it was interesting that in this past month there had been a variety of odd rumors about there being a Mario Kart 9. Yeah. And I would say Nintendo definitely kind of laid that one to rest announcing this big chunk, new brand new chunk of DLC tracks for the existing Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Um and I'm into it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> How many it's tracks? Weird.
1: There's 48 new tracks. Um, I believe they're going to be doled out eight at a time. So that'll be six releases over the course of the rest of uh, calendar year 2022.
0: And Um, extending to 2023, I heard.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll see how they actually roll out. Um, I personally think that makes a lot of sense because if we're being real about it here, like you know, Nintendo Switch turns five years old next month. And so I would say that, you know, if there's going to be a brand new Mario Kart SKU, like, that's going to wind up being a launch title for the next platform.
2: It could, or
0: we'll see what happens, because quite honestly, Nintendo can go either way. They can bring out a like a souped up Type of switch kind of like they did with the 3ds
2: mm-hmm.
0: or if they wanted to kind of step up their game yeah i can imagine once the supply chain problems kind of ease up and we can actually resume normal lives maybe the successor to switch could be in play within the next two or three years
1: Yeah, I mean, it's anybody's guess, especially after, like, you know, we had years of speculation about there being a Nintendo Switch Pro and all these crazy reports that came out from Bloomberg, et cetera, and all those predictions just fell completely flat on their faces, you know? Who
0: who comes up with
1: that stuff? I, I mean, I'm sure that there's, like, a... It's not as if those, it's not as if those reports have been completely wrong about everything else before, like usually there are steps, particularly, you know, particularly with like patents and whatnot that like, you know, it's the trail of breadcrumbs that leads you to the obvious. Um, but it's just interesting how completely wrong that process was. You know, because it was more like, you know, there were some rumors, and then there was this thing that everybody wanted. And so, if you're at a desk at a major media organization or something, you hear these rumors, you know what the click-through rate is going to be like on a story that covers something that everybody wants. You're going to be hard-pressed not to chase down that thing and report it. You know what I mean? Because everybody's looking for you know, to hit their engagement quotas or whatever they are, depending on where you're at in the media. So like I get it and I understand why um, they continued to report about it the way they did but you know, that's also Nintendo for you. Like Nintendo is the console manufacturer most likely to zag when you think they might zig
0: exactly so So. (laughs) that's why i think we're probably not gonna see any sort of news until two years from now at the earliest i'm thinking
1: that remains to be seen i mean obviously the the sell-through rate on the nintendo switch continues to be excellent for them i mean yeah just based on that alone there really isn't a reason for them to roll out a new piece of hardware. But at the same time, like there is this creeping tide of cloud only releases, Mm. which has to do with the gap between their hardware and everything else that's out on the market right now. So I think there's some pressure for them to concoct something else, but at the same time, when your thing's still selling, who cares? Right.
2: Yeah. (laughs)
0: Especially with you destroying the competition in terms of overall hardware sales for the past year or two. Like Sony can't touch you. Microsoft can't touch you. Mm -hmm. You got a product that fits a lot of people's lifestyles. Yep. And there's no need. There's no need to stop until you see those sales start to dramatically drop. And even with the pandemic, surprisingly enough, it's still going strong, so. Totally, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think uh, another thing that was kind of entertaining about this uh, direct was, uh, <clears throat> you know, with Kirby.
2: Yes. And his
0: new mode. Uh huh. Can you tell us about this new mode? <laughs> I want you to. Um,
1: <laughs> so, uh, Kirby has a thing called mouthful mode. And <laughs> when I saw this announced and just delivered in a perfectly straightforward manner in the middle of that direct, I said, This is genius. <laughs> because, like, Kirby memes are a consistent thing anyway. They but. Are when you take it to this level where like you've got really ridiculous and distinctive visuals of Kirby like devouring a car or doing a variety of other things and it's called mouthful mode <laughs> i mean you can just see you can just you can you can just see the ocean of memes that will result from this being a thing um and the thing is like as much amusement as I draw from that like yeah. I'm still really looking forward to the game. I think it's going to be a really fun and interesting you know, we've never had an open world 3D take with Kirby. And so I'm you know, I'm I wouldn't say I'm as excited as I was to play Super Mario Odyssey, but I'm definitely going to pick it up right when it drops out. Same you here. Know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um For me, I really love the 3DS games. They did a Mm -hmm. great job with the stereoscopic 3D effects that I think I talked about in an earlier episode. Mm -hmm. And playing those games, uh, it had that Nintendo magic where it's just a joy to play because it's it's always doing something that is kind of exploratory in terms of hey, not many people do this. Why don't we do this? And Mm -hmm. it just catches on, and I see mouthful mode as kind of a unique take to... Because Kirby can swallow pretty much things way bigger than he he is. It's Right. But it's just funny how they just came up with, hey, why don't we make it so he doesn't completely swallow it and just kind of hangs on to it with his mouth?
1: It's right. Just... Well it's 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 kind of like splitting the difference between Kirby morphing and uh-huh. then the Cappy idea. Yeah. From Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it kind of breaks tradition, but in a good way. <laughs> I like it.
1: Yeah, like oh no, it. I think it just splits the difference between those things perfectly. You know? Yeah. Like you can still tell exactly what's happening there that like K- Kirby has commandeered this thing. Yeah. Um and it's it's clever and then when you have the, you know, euphemism, not really a euphemism of <laughs> mouthful mode. Yeah. There there it is.
0: <laughs> I I was trying to figure out what they were calling it in Japanese in the Japanese mm. website. I haven't completely found it yet, but <laughs> I'm Pretty sure it's not as suggestive as mouthful. Moon.
1: You never know. I mean, Whoa. wasn't didn't didn't McDonald's in Japan have the adult cream pie?
0: Yes, they did.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: People were having a field day about that. Of course. <laughs> yeah, it was called the Otona cream pie, the adult uh-huh.
2: cream
1: pie. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh my <Yep>.
0: god. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me about that. That was, like, two years ago.
1: Well, that was just the thing that registered in my head completely. I was like, oh, my God, this is another adult cream pie moment.
0: Yeah, but this time, Japan wasn't even involved. Not right. Well, the U.S. This was, department. This was of. the
1: work of the Nintendo Treehouse.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Good work, so,
1: Treehouse. Into it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Although this meme is going to be, I mean, it's relatively new. Uh, my mm-hmm. favorite Kirby meme is the the one where Kirby takes off his feet and he's having a... He has Human a, feet?
2: Yes. That's really <laughs> disturbing. It,
0: it is, but that's my favorite Kirby meme. Yeah. Uh, if you want to Google that, just Google Kirby feet. <laughs>
1: yeah. So I wanted to ask you, um, because I know that you are a very big Splatoon fan, Yeah, And you were very hyped about Splatoon 2 and now that there's this sort of building tide of information coming on Splatoon 3. What did you think of that update?
0: Uh, Salmon Run? Um, Mm -hmm. I think uh, it could be a good continuation of that mode. Hopefully Mm -hmm. they'll take out some of the restrictions that they had with the game where you could only play on certain times
2: mm-hmm.
0: but that mode was pretty fun in my opinion i mean it's a different it's like with splatoon 2 you had pretty much three different games you right. had the story mode you had the online competitive mode where you're trying to paint as much uh territory as you can for your team and then salmon run mm-hmm which is like a horde mode. And it looks interesting. Um, I kind of wish they would change the color of salmon mode or salmon run to make it a little bit different because I mean, Splatoon one and Splatoon two, the changes and now Splatoon three, the changes in environment You could totally tell, wow, it's a different game, but Salmon Run kind of looks the same from Splatoon 2. But regardless, I'm still pretty stoked to play that game. Um, Nice. I still need to beat the story mode for the regular part and Octo Expansion, and I'm definitely planning to do that before the game comes out. So, yeah. But um, that's exciting. how how do you feel about nintendo switch sports
1: um you know i know that for a lot of people like they got a lot of mileage out of sports on the wii and so it's pretty interesting to me that something that would have seemingly been a slam dunk a while ago is finally just now appearing um I don't know. I mean, I feel like part of that is just um you know, there were there was sort of a prolonged period where people definitely had like waggle fatigue.
2: Yeah. Like they're
1: just burned out on motion controls in general. Um and I think that now that the switch is so firmly established as just like you know, a very flexible form factor that emphasizes traditional controls. um, You know, now they feel a little more comfortable, just like, hey, this is a thing that's patterned after that Wii game you love, but with even more going on, and I'm sure it's going to sell bucket loads.
2: Well, I mean, what do you think is uh,
0: basically, how do you feel this is becoming is it becoming more like a nostalgia thing where they're trying to you know get people to say hey i played that well can you believe it 15 years ago i think it's 15 years ago or do you think uh it's something that they kind of want to build on in terms of having games like ring fit and just dance and saying hey there's another game that well we've done this before, but here's another motion game, a motion, uh, right. Yeah. Control. game. Yeah. I'm
1: not sure. I mean, I think it may have been one of those things that always occurred to them. Like, Hey, at some point we're going to do that again. And maybe there was some sort of gameplay wrinkle that finally like unlocked it as a real idea for them. I mean, They've sort of talked about this with regard to their other franchises that like you know supposedly they never actually drop a new Mario Kart game until some sort of concrete new idea quote unquote is driving the whole thing, so maybe hmm. that was sort of the seed for them doing a Nintendo switch sports title was that you know it was you know they they seem to always have like this you know they've got like a very large whiteboard in their, in their heads collectively. And so this may have been one of those things where they were just like, well, I don't know what would actually warrant that coming into existence again. And maybe something sparked it recently. And that's why they're going back to the well with it. I mean, it wasn't the most obvious thing, but at the same time, it's like, good Lord, everybody and their mother played, at least bowling on Wii Sports or bowling yeah. and tennis. Yeah. So,
0: um, I remember, uh, playing at your house, Wii mm-hmm. Bowling. That was yeah. always a Friday night thing. And we did that for several months and we all got a kick out of that. I mean, uh, I was in a bowling league at the time. So mm-hmm. playing Wii Bowling with you guys was just as fun as playing in the bowling alley. And I think in actually we could do better because of the scores.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And to be fair, there's also a, um, there is a bowling game that's in the clubhouse games Mm -hmm. and it plays somewhat similarly to the Wii one, but I feel like, you know, as just one game in a stack of 50 or so, like, it's not quite as fleshed out and finessed as the Wii bowling was yeah. on sports. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see uh how that comes together. You know, it's uh it's another solidly you know, it's just another solid piece that just adds to the variety of the library, so can't really go wrong with that.
0: I do hope they have some additions to the games that were on the original Wii version mm-hmm. and I know for a fact that the online component is new. You could play yeah. any of these online with other people. And they also showed this interesting tournament mode where you can play against many, many other people at the same time and try to, I guess it's like a, to see if they you can outlast them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Kind of like, I don't know if it's a battle royale or anything, but it looked like there were quite a few players on the screen like you could check and see like i don't know it was like maybe 40 50 people that you're bowling at the same time against right so that's kind of interesting but i just hope that they can fine tune the controls a little bit more because i know some people uh were able to kind of cheat and make yeah. it real easy to get strikes so
1: Well, yeah, I mean, if you got it dialed, it was pretty stupidly easy to just get to just bowl like 260, 280, 300 pretty easily on the bowling for Wii Sports. So,
2: Yeah, it's kind of like what
1: it do. (laughs)
0: It's kind of like how people cheated on track and field in the arcade with a ruler
1: or a comb Uh, or a pencil. If you've got just some sort of lever that you can balance. Yeah, you could make that shit go crazy. I did think it was interesting, though. Like, obviously, there was nothing on Breath of the Wild 2, which. I don't know, man, I'm I may be jumping the gun here, but it just it feels more and more like that might be a title that does the time honored slip to the next piece of hardware.
0: I think so, too, because. I mean, Breath of the Wild 1 was that Mm -hmm. Zelda game that transitioned from Wii U to the Switch.
1: Well, it ended up dropping on both, but, you know, obviously most people (laughs) were like, well, I'd rather play that on the more powerful piece of hardware.
0: And I heard the Wii U version did, I mean, it performed fairly decently. I mean... Yeah. It probably had a few uh longer loading times but it it just uh it it was playable yeah definitely playable and uh yeah it'd be interesting to see uh i i hope it comes out this year but if not it sounds like yeah if it doesn't come out this year it's probably gonna come out like in the next two or three years i would think
1: and
2: Yeah.
0: yeah hopefully things are okay
1: yeah
2: you know also, it's
1: interesting given the the spate of Square announcements because you had Front Mission. Uh,
0: Chrono Cross. Live, Live
1: Alive. Live Alive. Live Alive. 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 Alive.
0: Chrono Cross. Well, there
1: was also Chrono Cross, which a lot of people were saying, man, that's pretty rough looking.
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you look at what they did with Final Fantasy 7, VII, 8, and 9. And it's not really surprising. It kind of looks like they just got the, I I don't know for sure, but they may have gotten the smartphone versions and just ported it to switch. Yeah. squares a little
1: bit notorious for doing that.
0: But one thing that they did do that I hope they do in future releases like this, they added a pixel font that you can choose because that God awful font that they use for the, uh, uh, for the Switch ports and the smartphone uh, ports. Oh my God, I don't know why they chose that font. It's just extremely plain looking and just doesn't fit Difficult the to read. Yeah, <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. So if I'm pretty sure I will get Chrome Cross just because I want to try it. But yeah. yeah, day one of playing, I'm going to s- just go straight to the Pixel font. And that's what they should have as an option from now on. And I hope they, I hope people complain enough so that they kind of add it to the previous ports that they had with that crappy original font that they had.
1: It'd be nice.
0: But isn't it funny how Square Enix is giving us all these, all these RPGs from the past? Mm -hmm. And then you're like, hey, Corona triggers next right or maybe US Final Fantasy 2 II or 3? <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> that is the sound of a cold wind blowing across your soul with nothing to be found. However, um shouldn't just shit completely on SquareSoft. Um Yeah. I am stoked that there's a new Triangle Strategy demo. Yeah. And I'm further stoked that those saves will actually work on the full game when it drops
0: i think they did the same thing with octopath traveler
1: they did and
0: it's a smart it makes idea Makes
2: sense, yeah
0: because i mean it's a tactics game some people aren't into those type of games but if you just have it as a sample just try it for free and mm-hmm. see what you think and there's I mean, literally, you can play the first three chapters, and that's awesome. Definitely. So you don't lose at all. You, you get nope. to see what it looks like, how it plays. You get to see if it's up your alley or if it's too complicated or it's something that you're just not into. But right. yeah, just download it. I already did. I tried it. Uh, I haven't gotten to the actual gameplay. I was just getting to the part where you start fighting, and I'm trying to figure out how to do uh, the things like move around and do the attacks and stuff. Uh, I mm-hmm. was actually playing it before we got on the air. So nice. I definitely look forward to playing more of that. Definitely, for sure. For sure. Are you getting that game?
1: You think? Um, I think I am. I think I am gonna hop on that train. Like, I had begun a new game of Final Fantasy Tactics, mm-hmm. just because I've been breaking in the PlayStation Core on Mister yeah and um number one there's like there's like a new beta for that core every day so it's really like it's just making leaps and bounds progress wise and it's pretty fantastic but at the same time um i hadn't played the original final fantasy tactics in a truly long time so yeah. It's cool to fire that up, and that's definitely got me in the mood for that kind of game. So, yeah, that, I'll be uh, I'll be on board with that.
0: Is that your favorite tactics game, Final Fantasy Tactics?
1: Um, no, I'd have to say my uh, if I have a favorite sort of strategy based game overall, it's definitely. Um, Advance wars dual strike Hmm. like that is i spent a lot of time with that game and it was the first that was actually the first Advance wars game i had played at all yeah and i love everything about it i just i love the sprite work that one in particular has a really great soundtrack um and of course i'm also excited for when the um the new remake of Advance Wars One and Two finally drops on Switch, which we got a little more news about, right?
0: Yeah, I think it's got a release date now. Mm-hmm. So it's, I believe, April
1: release date, and apparently now it's got full voiceovers. Yeah. So
0: and it's looking good, but um, uh, for me, I the 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 the, the company that's making it is way forward. And uh, for me, WayForward is, uh, uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. you know, I'm yeah, I mean, for that that's... opinion.
2: <laughs> but
0: for me, I, I tried a, quite a few WayForward games, and I just never got into them. And I'll explain more later, but um, I have to say, like, playing a game like DuckTales Remastered, Mm-hmm. i wanted to like that game but i did not um yeah. shantae i have several of those games on 3ds and i played it and i couldn't just get really into it and don't get me started just on missing
1: something for you
0: yeah and then what, no, do you,
1: what do you not want me to get you started on
0: Uh double dragon neon um you because, know what uh, I, okay i'm gonna explain myself um <laughs> I was just turned off by the look of it and just, I never played it, but I'll give it a try someday. Uh, probably soon because it's on switch now way forward. Um, I just don't know why, uh, I, I don't think there's any game that really does it for me from that company. And my friend, uh, who lives here in Osaka from, uh, he, he's from Seattle and Hawaii. Uh, he would kill me he he always gave me crap for dissing on WayForward his name's Mark um
1: are they the same ones that did um River City Girls
0: yes and that's another okay. game i will give a try to okay um but yeah i just don't i i mean look at River City Girls i mean it's one thing like i mean when i saw Streets of Rage 4 i actually liked the um, art style of that game right and I was worried about the gameplay, which mm-hmm. eventually I, I really, really liked. Yeah. Uh, Forward and River City Girls, uh, the art direction, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try it. But okay. yeah, first impression without playing it, I, I wasn't really impressed. So,
1: Well, that's got to be tough for you because you're such a double dragon traditionalist. Yeah. And that's why like that's why I know Double Dragon Advance just like flipped your fucking wig like Oh yeah. Here there forever more. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know that's just that's your shit and you know Double Dragon Neon is kind of as far removed from that as could be. Exactly. Just stylistically everything else i don't know i mean i tried it Mm -hmm. i really couldn't get into it yeah however i have played river city girls i do actually enjoy that game really like that game feels far closer to my own expectations of what i want from a beat-em-up all right so i would i would i would encourage you to try that one i think you might find something you like there more that feels a lot more like a, like a true technos title.
0: Yeah. And that's what I really want. So Mm -hmm. if they were able to do that, then yeah, definitely. I I will sing the praises. (laughs) I am not ashamed. Yeah. But that's down the line, probably in the next month or two, I'm either getting Mm -hmm. double dragon neon or river city girls or the sequel, which is River City Girl Zero, I believe, that's coming out soon.
1: Right, which is actually an adaptation of a Technos Super Famicom game. Yeah. Um which is cool. Yeah. That's cool. A little little more of that. I mean there seems it's it's kind of strange that now there seems to be like an almost inexhaustible appetite for more beat-em-ups, which is really interesting to me. I mean, obviously we're looking at um, the release of the new Ninja Turtles game coming soon as well.
0: Definitely want that. Definitely. Um, It wasn't part of the direct, but PlayStation uh, blog, a PlayStation blog uh, entry, uh, it showed that they were going to have Splinter as a playable character. So all now, about it yep so now you can play the four turtles april neil or splinter mm-hmm. and it looks like there's going to be a few more extra characters too and i think people want casey jones obviously. of course yeah of
1: course <laughs>
0: but splinter is going to be awesome yeah i don't know if you noticed but in that shredders revenge game uh a lot of the moves are influenced by street fighter moves right? You notice that, uh, I think they had a post on Twitter from someone who noticed, hey, April O'Neil has a lot of moves that are like Armika from Mm -hmm. Street Fighter. So Splinter, hmm, I can imagine him being a little bit like Gen.
1: Yeah, maybe he's got multiple styles or something to that effect. Or he's just got moves drawn from different styles. Exactly. Could be.
0: So yeah, I just can't wait until that game comes out. Seriously, that yeah. that is definitely day one for me. Uh, for I sure. kind of I kind of wish that it was in the direct, but the next best thing was the day uh, the day after the PlayStation announcement. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, is there anything else that maybe you you felt like was kind of interesting from the direct, or if you want to talk about something that you wish was announced on the direct but never is
1: (laughs) you know i was just because um i am a huge dragon quest fan yeah and i was hoping that there would be something else about the remake of dragon quest 3 but at the same time i can also imagine that like that's a title with an ocean of interest around it, and I'm sure there'll be something later on in the year about it.
2: Yeah.
0: I hope so. Well, so. This was
1: this was relatively Squaresoft heavy to begin with anyway. It was. Like there was a lot of Squaresoft in you know, fun shit in the mix, so can't really complain about it. I would have liked to have seen something else on DQ three, but I'm sure it's coming.
0: Yeah. Hopefully this year. What about you? You know, besides the usual suspects, F Zero, we both want. Why do you
1: even say it?
0: (laughs) It's just part of it's protocol, man. It's protocol. It's something that you just got to say, man, they didn't do it again. Are you
1: surprised at this point? It's just, you know, every Nintendo Direct is Lucy holding the football for F-Zero fans.
2: <laughs>
0: That's the it's best. It's
1: just going to get pulled away.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you look at the sky, you're like, uh-huh. why do I keep doing this? I put my uh-huh. hopes up. I keep why thinking... To try and
1: kick it again? <laughs>
2: I'm
0: going to kick that... I'm going to kick that football out of the park this time. Uh-huh. It's going to happen. Things are going to change. I can feel it. Yep. <laughs> and then you're... That's a- On your ass (laughs) Uh, again, once again. Yep. Yeah, but uh, (sighs) there's. I mean,
1: even even just a remaster of F Zero GX would be delightful.
0: Yeah, (laughs) throw us a bone here, man. I mean, yeah, you got Mm -hmm. the Super Nintendo version of F Zero, and hopefully the N sixty four version coming soon. But right, man, talk about starving, man. We're all starving for a new F Zero. I know. even more than prime
1: we just get yeah
0: Metroid I mean, Prime.
1: that's definitely how i feel i mean i know that a lot of people are waiting on pins and needles for either the long rumored metroid prime trilogy you know re- remaster or whatever form it takes for nintendo switch let alone you know any scrap of news about metroid prime 4 which there's all kinds of rumors about it having been delayed again. Nobody knows, um, but yeah, yeah, S- someday,
2: yeah. F Zero, <laughs> Mother Three,
0: Prime Four.
1: Well, I mean, Mother fans did get a little little bone. Yeah, yeah, in the Earthbound form of yeah,
0: Earthbound beginnings.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Have you played either game?
1: I have played, I want to say about 20 to 25 hours worth of Earthbound.
0: Oh, man, you got to finish it. It's really good. Yeah, I will. Yeah, definitely do it, man. Because I want
1: to. See, I was also torn because that's one of those games that there's like 38 different hacks of. Why and... would you
0: have that game? That game's good as it is.
1: Well it's got more to do with a variety of content that was cut from the game when it was localized.
2: Oh, so
1: part of me wants to experience like uh, now I'm trying to divine, like what the best version of it is to pursue that way. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I probably should just sit down and play the straight up like North American release of the game as yeah. it was, you know, especially now that it's also um on the online service. Yeah. That that would make sense.
0: Uh that's um, what I would recommend. Just play yeah. it as it was intended. Well, not intended, but as it was released. And then mm-hmm. after that play a hack down the right. road and see yeah. if you like those sense. differences. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I highly recommend it. I mean, I played that and Chrono Trigger and Dragon Quest 8 uh 3 years ago when I was in my little renaissance period where I I was like, you know, I missed out on these games, I'm going to finally do it. I'm going to finally play them. Right. And Earthbound and Chrono Trigger definitely and Dragon awesome. Quest 8 some yeah. of the be- if not the best RPGs I've ever played.
2: So I'm
1: torn now, man. I like now mm-hmm. Having finished both DQ eight and eleven, yeah. Like, I think I like the core story more in eight. Yeah, but at the same time, like the extended, like without being spoilerific here.
0: Yeah, please don't spoil because uh, I haven't played eleven yet.
1: <laughs> oh, you haven't played eleven? Oh, I'm in, I'm just gonna shut up right now then. Oh, okay. I'm not gonna say a damn thing
0: okay thanks but it sounds like it's different but eight um i played the the ps2 version back when we lived together uh mm-hmm. for people who didn't know uh we used to be roomies at a at a small house in tucson we called it the Weijin Man men uh Weijin manor
1: <laughs> uh uh-huh. Yeah, fun times To be, to be fair, it actually <laughs> earned this nickname It was not just me and Ed We also had a third roommate named Roy Yeah, He was Korean Yeah, So it was Two-thirds Asian One-third Mexican-British Mutt
2: It was fun so, times yeah. But yeah Back in the day uh, when we lived together I
0: had a Dragon Quest 8 for PS2 And I lost my memory card after playing about 60 hours worth. And I didn't want to start over. So Stuff of nightmares. Yeah, years later, I got it on 3DS. And uh, didn't you help me get the 3DS version? I did. Yeah, you did. Thank you so much for that, because uh, I finally finished it three years ago. And the 3DS version actually has a few added things to the storyline and to like stuff you can do and yeah it doesn't look as good obviously it's the ps2 version but definitely really well obviously I would have not I thought it would have I've... looked better <laughs> really like well, xeno xeno blade chronicles on uh,
2: 3ds
1: well doesn't <laughs> i mean this is an interesting debate to have but like yeah i would think that just as far as like straight up graphic muscle from the 3ds yeah that would be a fairly i don't know that's an interesting like apples and oranges comparison hardware wise but
0: i think some people got caught up for it yeah some people got caught up with the resolution okay saying that's Which the reason naturally why... that,
1: that's gonna be lower of course yeah
0: but in my opinion it didn't bother me at all Okay. I I felt like I was just playing Dragon Quest Eight. I didn't really care, and okay. I didn't feel like, oh my god, I'm playing an inferior version. I actually felt like, hey, this is familiar. I'm gonna keep playing this, and I had no problems with it. I'm not that kind of person, but I know. I guess I'm
1: just thinking that, like, with the 3DS, the texture quality would actually be a lot nicer.
0: Yeah, you would think, but I mean, with the lower <laughs> resolution,
1: or I could be completely wrong.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm no expert on hardware, but... Right. Yeah. If you haven't played Dragon Quest Eight, just play it on anything. It's a great yeah. game. Yep. 3DS is fine. Don't... Great story. Yeah.
1: Play it on whatever you can find. Yeah. Hopefully, I'm actually half surprised that isn't slated for a remake.
0: That would be nice on Switch, I would think. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, Square has done... Beyond what I imagined, so I mean, the past two three years, so I I have no complaints whatsoever. Just keep bringing them, except for Corona Trigger and uh, the Final Fantasy games that are on Super Nintendo that they never brought on Switch. Please. Well, I think
1: that was <laughs> the thing that occurred to a lot of people after the um, yeah Trials of Mana remake, yeah, that like that engine would lend itself so well to a Corona Trigger remake.
0: I think so too, or and 2D HD anything,
1: right? Either 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 path for that would be, would just set the world on fire in terms of like people waiting to buy that game.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, and the user base is humongous now, so why wouldn't mm-hmm. you? Yeah. I mean, I don't understand why the pixel remasters are only smartphone and PC.
1: That's a weird choice.
0: Yeah. With the, a, the ugly font, too. <laughs> it's a damn
1: shame, too, because I've listened to the soundtrack for the Final Fantasy IV Pixel Remake, yeah, and it's excellent. Yeah. The music is I, fire.
0: Yeah, I heard, I heard they retouched the music, right?
1: Different instrumentation. Mm-hmm. It's obviously like a... It, it feels like it's a higher... Like it's a higher sample rate sort of instrumentation. I mean, I I don't think it's, I don't believe it's like a full on, or maybe it is. Yeah. It's an actual orchestra. It's been a while since I listened to it, Mm -hmm. but I was listening to it a lot for one day and I was just like, damn, this is really good. Like I thought the pricing with those titles was kind of terrible.
2: Mm Mm-hmm yeah uh,
0: usually it is yeah it's right square enix always does that they overprice your stuff
1: right that's what they tend to do in the mobile arena but i for a while there i was feeling pretty tempted to just plunk down for ff4 and like play it on my ipad or whatever because i can never get enough ff4 i'll play it in every version that exists it's just my curse
2: yeah
0: (laughs) uh i would i mean if it's not coming out on switch in the next two three years i would eventually probably get it on uh my ipad and hopefully uh, it comes with controller support right
1: right uh i think so
0: yeah because the last thing i want to see are those ugly things on the screen the virtual touchpads it's yeah. disgusting disgusting <laughs> that should be outlawed that's disgusting <laughs>
1: How do you actually feel about it, Ed?
0: Disgusted. That's how I feel. <laughs> All
1: right. But. Should we take this moment to pay tribute to our comrades in arms across the Ruminations Radio Network?
0: Yes, sir. It is that right. time to take a quick network identification break. So we're going to play a short commercial to promote one of our sister podcasts on Rumination Radio Network. If the podcast sounds interesting, please check out our radio network homepage at ruminationsradionetwork.com we'll be right back Hey kids, it's Don Shinhan from the Cinephile Hissy Fit, one of the podcasts on the Ruminations Radio Network if you've been enjoying this show come listen to Will Johnson and I fight it out over cinema's best and worst on Cinephile Hissy Fit find us and all the great shows over on ruminationsradionetwork.com And we have returned. Woo! Are you still in one place? Are, you, are your bits and pieces still there? Everything okay, buddy? I think so. System check? <laughs> System check?
1: <laughs> Sibilance. Sibilance.
0: <laughs> I thought it was syphilis, but I could be no, wrong. Oh. it's not
1: syphilis. Oh, thank, thank God.
0: God. Thank God. <laughs> Days are
1: over for me.
0: Oh, You never told me
1: that. (laughs) (laughs) So, as far as um, water cooler items, obviously the last thing that I'm really stoked about, um, KOF 15 drops next week.
0: Oh my God. Yes. I have reserved it, and I'm excited as well, even though I have not touched my PlayStation 4 in forever. Mm -hmm. I will break it out just for this game. Yeah. Because... I have no idea if it's coming to Japanese arcades. So, if it does right. it, I'm just going to be playing uh, at home. I I have no interest in playing online right now. Yeah. But yeah. Um we talked about it last episode. And
1: It's been a really weird and interesting week as far as like news tidbits around that game because apparently like SNK has given a lot of different streamers and journalists like early advance codes yeah and then you know apparently they got really worried about spoilers for the story Mm -hmm. and so they were actually tweeting themselves like you know please don't tweet advanced bits that will spoil the story for others ahead of the launch and i found that interesting for a number of reasons number one it's good to see an S and K title like generating that kind of interest because you and I are certainly S and K fans from way back.
0: Oh yeah, since uh, and when I
1: say way back, I'm talking Ikari Warriors and Time Soldiers. <laughs> like we've been on that boat, Vanguard, for,
0: Vanguard for right. me. Right.
1: I mean, I know you even love Vanguard, and that's like. That's as early as it gets for yeah. SK fandom. So, that,
0: that was one of the first games I played in my life.
1: <clears throat> mm-hmm. I don't think I played the arcade one. I think I played, I had like the shitty 2600 port of it, but it actually wasn't that bad. Like, shooters, you know, still kind of a proto protozoic genre on the Atari 2600. Like, yeah. Everything else for it. But, The port of Vanguard was actually pretty decent and it felt good. Um, But no, man, like an SNK title is a big deal and like people are worried. Like the other reason it's funny, obviously love to see SNK generating a lot of hype for a new game of theirs, but like just the concept of spoilers for a fighting game story. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous.
2: Yeah,
0: we're not really playing this game for the story of any kind in fact. You're lucky to even have a story, I guess. Like I
1: mean, the thing is like obviously for SNK to be worried about spoilers for that, like there has to be somebody that's actually don't spoil that shit for me, dude. You know what I mean? And that's just, that's really funny to me. Like, Oh, like, wow. I have a feeling I know how that ends. You know what I mean? Like there's going to be a big evil overpowered boss. That's a pain in the ass to beat. And then somehow you figure out his pattern and you kill him. And then he either falls off a balcony (laughs) (laughs) or he explodes and wipes out half the city or whatever with him
0: or sinks in a submarine. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Submarine aircraft carrier. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a fairly rigid form to which uh, S and K bosses adhere. Yeah. You know, exactly um, with KOF in particular, but I just, I don't know. Like, that was funny to me for a number of reasons just like oh wow s&k is really like i mean kudos to them for the campaign that's led into this entire thing i mean
2: oh
0: they did all of those
1: they really did i mean all of the trailers for the character reveals and then you know announcing the team specifically and then of course you and i are both absolutely delighted with the first two dlc teams they announced
0: oh yeah definitely gonna <laughs> play the south town team and definitely uh what is the other one i forget the team Garro. yeah team Garrow, yeah, yeah.
1: B Jeanette for you yeah, yeah. definitely <laughs> definitely.
0: <laughs> definitely my favorite uh garo mark of the wolves character i mm-hmm. will enjoy that a lot um but yeah i think uh it they come a long way i mean if you look at kof 14 and how that game looked and really it was kind of like snk kind of pulling themselves back together again after a long absence where they didn't really do anything that was major they a lot they kind of farmed out a lot of their licenses back in back in that period where mm-hmm. it still kind of struggling to put together their whole company back with the uh, solid plans and also kind of adapting to a 3d landscape instead of you know all those years with 2d games and now especially with king of fighters 15 look at the difference man it looks so beautiful
1: well i mean even with samurai showdown like when it was announced you know yeah. there's been a there was a long and relatively shitty trail of attempts to put Samurai Showdown in 3D.
2: Yeah.
1: Um and it did not really inspire a lot of confidence until that first trailer for Samurai Showdown and I was really taken aback because I thought that you know I appreciated Street Fighter 4 for its gameplay. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people for a lot of people, the aesthetics of it didn't really pull off what they would have hoped for
0: you mean the um, kind of cartoony type of look
1: just the kind of you know the the cartoony the reliance on like the ink shading sort of thing like for a lot of people, I know it kind of missed the mark a little bit,
2: yeah
1: and Seeing SK's newer take on Samurai Showdown, it really felt like they had just absolutely nailed it. And that was, I think, kind of the last thing most of us expected from them.
0: Yeah, because you you saw Capcom bring out Street Fighter V, which looks really nice. And then you have Guilty Gear Strive, and before that. Uh, I forgot the name of the last Guilty Gear before this one, but especially mm-hmm. Guilty Gear, oh my God, that looks like just like an anime. Right. But King of Fighters fifteen looks like a very good mix of anime and slight realism that makes it very appealing, yet it's still very, uh, how should I say it, like it just pops out of the screen.
1: To me, I just felt like the palette... Had absolutely nailed that thing that SNK had established with like that very last run of Neo Geo games, as far as like Real Bout Two, Last Blade Two, and uh, Garo: Mark of the Wolves. Like, yeah, that palette in that game is just on fire. Yeah, and the character models are exquisite. So, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to dive into that game and spend some time with it and begin to figure out like, you know, what's what and who my team's going to be.
0: And and catch up on the story. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) The story! Dude, I want to see if Real and King finally hook up, man, because it's been so many years. Oh my god.
1: Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I love it it's so ridiculous yeah oh i mean time. clearly it clearly it matters to somebody because well, the company's you know burning <laughs> pr and social media manager time trying to manage that for some reason yeah, You yeah know.
0: and, and i respect it but it's no persona five i mean you don't have to go <laughs> atlas on people atlas right i mean great company but
2: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: uh But I'm just glad that this is coming out because I've been saying for a long time, there's been a drought in Japanese arcades, and I hope this game Mm -hmm. comes out in Japanese arcades. But it's just been such a long time since we had a game that not only has a lot of universal appeal, but just everything coming together, like in terms of looks in terms of gameplay and especially online now that mm-hmm. this is going to have rollback compared to before. Right. It's just going to be a nice melding that hopefully others will follow suit, especially hint, hint, wink, wink Capcom. Right. And street fighter six.
1: Well, I think you and I had talked about this before. Um, mm-hmm. It feels almost as if in some ways you need a healthy S and K for Capcom to be on their shit. Yep. Because otherwise without that rival staring at them from across the arcade, they just don't really seem to crank out their best work.
0: They get complacent just like Madden, yeah. the Madden yeah. game. Mm-hmm. I mean, before when they had a uh, NFL 2K, um yeah they always had a kind of up their how should i say it like uh make it look better make it play better they were always right. under that pressure but now it's like it's one of the it's kind of like the poster child for what you do for a yearly type of game where you just kind of like yeah, here you go we kind of touched up this but not really but
1: we updated the rosters
0: yeah there you go. Don't you want that? You don't want to play with last year's rosters, right? That's why you're going to pay us another 60 bucks, right?
1: So, Cough it up. Yeah,
0: Yeah, but I mean with that and maybe Virtua Fighter coming back, it looks like yeah. it's going to happen. I mean, it's not official but it's definitely showing signs that Tekken's going to have to feel the same way i mean tekken's doing pretty well i i i would say but
1: i mean tekken's probably i don't know the exact figures but i think i had read somewhere that it sold something in the neighborhood of like eight million copies yeah so that game like continues to have its audience is pretty much holding down the fort for this last generation but it's great to see KOF coming back and obviously you and I would be ridiculously pleased if Virtua Fighter manages to uh, drop Virtua Fighter 6. VI.
0: That would be glorious, I would say. I just miss that series so much. Um, yeah. It's one of those games that really evolved uh, into something that it's just... Super playable, it's technical, but it's really rewarding. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just want that game to see another sequel because how many years has it been?
1: It's been something like 15 years now.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll cross our fingers. Hopefully, it's not yep. going to be like uh, F Zero.
2: <laughs> yep. <laughs> What's gonna Should come we? out? Okay,
0: okay, okay. Last question. <laughs> What's gonna come out first? A new F zero game or a new Virtual Fighter game? Uh, Last question before we go to the next topic.
1: I'm not gonna dignify that with
0: response. <laughs> <laughs> I ask the hard questions, you know. I'm not, so I'm not
1: falling for your bait.
0: <laughs> this is what is considered clickbait, sir. We, need the, we need the button. views. We need the listens. Stop it. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We'll should, just, we, uh, yeah.
1: should we slide over to the big question?
0: Yes, we should. Oh, wait. Okay. Now playing first, right?
1: Are we playing anything right now? Are you? I am. Are you
0: playing anything?
1: You know, sad to say, I have not played much since the last time we recorded.
2: Say what?
1: <laughs> I haven't it's been like it's been like a really stupidly busy time with work stuff and i mean oh. pretty much it's like you know late at night i'll slide over here to the man cave and put in a little bit of tetris just to be able to sleep
2: well that still counts <laughs> that's
0: all i want to hear
1: so yeah that's all i've that's all i've been up to lately um yeah. there is a delightful hack of the already unlicensed uh Tengen Tetris for NES um yeah and the thing is normally when you pick one of the songs it will just play that song over and over again like even after level breaks but now there's a music flow hack that will change the song like every time it tallies up your score for bonuses so that's so- uh that's just. A- delightful little hack
0: but i don't remember uh, the tangan version of tetris having that many songs how many songs does it cycle through
1: it's five between silence and the four existing songs
0: wow i guess that's one more than the original tetris on nes right the game
1: Boy? uh yes
0: because i remember type a b and c yep ah Always trying to one up uh Nintendo, I see. Tangan. <laughs> I see how it is. That's awesome though. Um I was just wondering like any other Mr. games that you were playing, but yeah, that's cool that you're playing Tang and Tetris.
1: Just a little bit of Tetris in the evenings to get on through. What are you playing?
0: Uh two games right now. Uh yeah. first is uh Streets of Rage 4 because that was the game I wanted to beat in January. Right. But the last stage... You would set a goal for yourself. Yeah. yeah, The last stage on hard is... Hard? Hard. (laughs) (laughs) So I like this game a lot, and especially the way how they handle continues, because usually in a side score beat-em-up, when you die, you can just continue exactly where you left off, right? And mm-hmm. with Street Age 4, if you die, you have to start that stage all over again. And it forces uh... you to do better. It forces you to devise strategies and, yeah, find ways to limit the deaths and maximize your combos so you can get extra lives. It's mm. cool. So, yeah. I'm
1: hoping. I mean, theoretically, that is what a last level is supposed to do. Yeah. And I love it. It's supposed, to, it's supposed to be a little bit of a hell ride, like the, uh, you know, from six one on in uh, Ninja Gaiden.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> so
0: I appreciate that. I appreciate what Dot Mu was trying to go with, with that. Yeah. And hopefully I'll beat it this month. But if not, I'll try to find another game that will, I'll be able to beat. <laughs> right. I I do have quite a bit that uh you know I haven't. Completely finished, so that won't be. A Still keep
1: chipping away at Fantasy Star.
0: That's uh, the next on the list, actually. Um, nice, but right now another game I've been addicted to. I'm totally addicted to this game. It's a game called Retro Bowl. Mm. It's an homage to Tecmo Bowl, and it's on oh, okay. smartphones. And it came out on Nintendo Switch uh, nice. just recently. Uh, this game is part sim, part. Uh, how should I say it? Like you actually play the game, but you can't play defense. It controls that for you, but you do moves as a general manager sorts kind of way where you choose like your, your players on offense and defense and your coordinators and how much money you spend on training facilities and, and uh, your stadium and the goal is to earn enough money so that you can afford better coordinators and better stadium upkeep and training facilities so that your players get stronger. So when I played it in the beginning, my first couple of days, I didn't realize that. And I was like, why, do my te- why-, why does my team suck so bad? <laughs> and then I found out, oh, okay, you got to up- upgrade your facilities in order right. to have more experience points so your players can level up faster and they're not depressed all the time mm. because uh the game if the players are depressed they actually get in trouble with the law or they get injured yeah they get tr- in trouble with the law with the law <laughs> it's kind of funny <laughs> it, i think it's a company from england new star games that mm. uh in the uk i'm sorry not England, uh, UK that made this game. So highly recommend it. That's cool. Nice uh, time killer for me. And I've already played 25 seasons (laughs) in 10 days. That's how addicted I am. (laughs) Ashamedly. But yeah, those two games. And I beat that game. I I got the retro bowl once the championship once. So I count (laughs) that as my game for January. Cause I beat it. On January 31st. Anyways. Uh, yeah. it's uh, Two weeks I think. Uh, yeah I played that f- game for two weeks now. So yeah. Excellent. Um, shall we go on to the big question? I
1: think we should. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> the big question for today. Has there be- ever been a game. That you completely misjudged. Initially. For example you loved it. And then you realize, oh, God, this game sucks. Oh, God, it sucks. (laughs) Or hated it. Hated it. And then realized it was actually pretty good. Pretty awesome. We'll start with you, James.
1: What do you got? Uh, So I think there's two games that fit this mold for me. Yeah. One of them I changed my tune on a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And another was a fairly recent discovery, actually. Mm-hmm. So, the first game that I mi- I would say I misjudged horribly is Ninja Gaiden for the NES. Yeah. Now, oh. I believe we've talked about this a little bit before, mm-hmm. but I had played Ninja Gaiden in the arcade first. Yeah. And for those who don't know... Ninja Gaiden Arcade and Ninja Gaiden on the NES are very different games. Ninja Gaiden in the arcade is much more similar to like a Double Dragon or Final Fight style side-scrolling beat-em-up. The thing that was really cool about Ninja Gaiden in the arcade was that you had the ability to like grab onto these beams and swing and kick back and forth. You could also like leap off of walls in this really creative way. And so I really liked that and felt like that was like a super innovative thing for side-scrolling beat-em-ups. It also has one of the gnarlier um, continue sequences of all time. (laughs) Because basically Ru Hayabusa is like chained to this thing with this giant saw blade bearing down on him. Um, it's pretty gruesome.
0: It looks like it's going to saw off his nuts. Pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) While there's a lot of Japanese flavored, uh, mythical creatures in the background, I think. Right. Or just, yeah, it's like,
1: it's like tentacle porn overload in the background. So it's fairly, it's fairly raw for a game (laughs) of its era. Now, the NES game took a very different tack with it. It became far more of a timing-based platformer, um, much more like, much more in the vein of like a Castlevania kind of game, because you also had a sub weapon that is powered by magic in the game. And the thing is, the first time I played it it just encapsulated like all these things that I hated about ports to the NES from the arcade. Like it had far less color. The sprites were much smaller, you know, all things that I realized now were fairly shallow criticisms of the game. Um, And then You know, at some point this actually occurred to me while I was working at Bookman's between like 1998 and 2005 because, you know, I literally tested hundreds of NESs, Genesis, Super NES, pretty much every system under the sun at the counter. And one day it just occurred to me like, I'm going to try Ninja Gaiden again because like, why the fuck not? You know what I mean? Like maybe it'll ring differently to me now. And it completely did. I managed to actually connect with the game, and I understood why that NES series, you know, one, two, and three, had developed such a following because it did its own thing. It was very precise. It actually had those pretty cool little story sequences. Yeah, that I think broke things up between levels.
0: I think they were the first to do that to have that cinematic. Yeah type of the little to
1: it. tecmo cinema thing yeah so i i love and appreciate the ninja gaiden nes games now where at the time when they when the original actually came out i was just like what the fuck was this but you know i was a little graphics whore whelp at the well, time
0: i'm glad that you gave it a chance because yeah it's one of my favorite series on the nes and yeah To be honest, I played the arcade as well before I played the NES versions, but when I saw it on NES, I was like, oh, same name, but it's really fun. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: So I'm going to keep playing it. And I actually liked it a lot more than the arcade. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I've changed my tune on that. And as far as a recent discovery in this vein, Mm -hmm. um, I've actually really taken a shine to Street Fighter Alpha 3. Oh, really? I really have. And this was a slightly different animal in the year that that game dropped. Mm -hmm. You know, Street Fighter Alpha 2 had been one of my absolute favorites of the series. You know, pretty much sitting shotgun with Super Turbo. And so when Alpha 3 came out, I really appreciated all the additions to the roster. But I was not a big fan of the selectable isms and the overall different feel of the physics in terms of like the, you know, landing on your feet from air reversals and that sort of thing. And the way the juggling combos worked. Yeah. I just wasn't into it. Like I couldn't feel it at the time. Same here. Yeah,
0: I I felt like, uh, especially when you punch people out of the air, it felt like Mm -hmm. Mortal Kombat.
1: Yeah, I mean it just had kind of a different thing happening than we had come to expect from the series, and it was like I kind of felt with the isms thing, like that was really their response to like KOF. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, So yeah, at the time, that fell pretty flat for me, and you know, I was never that stoked about the subsequent console releases for that game because it just kind of didn't do much for me, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: now that I've been replaying a lot of c p s two games, thanks to the core on the mister um I'm playing alpha three now and i'm kinda I'm kinda feeling it you know it's good just yeah. uh getting it dialed with some uh exism hams, you know.
2: I thought you'd
0: be all about exism uh, Chun Li as well.
1: She feels great as well, and I definitely like like her palm strike and her spinning bird kick is actually pretty useful in it. Mm-hmm. So I'm enjoying those two characters in it, and you know it's it's resonating with me in a way that it did not before. So that's that's fun.
0: You know, uh, Daigo said that the thing he misses about alpha three the most is that Mm -hmm. guard meter because Mm. he said that that's the way you should do a guard meter because in the subsequent street fighters after that, they kind of went away from it. Right. Because you should uh, definitely reward a offense. Right. And if you break someone's guard, you should definitely be able to mess someone up completely it's their fault Well, who knows maybe up. that'll
1: be a thing they bring back with street fighter six a lot of people hope so
0: but yeah daigo yeah. mentioned that on uh one of his uh streams he said yeah they need to bring that back because
1: it adds a nice layer of tension to the proceedings man it really does
2: yeah
0: <laughs> so i i i agree i just yeah. think it's something that um street fighter five may have been missing like well it's gotten a lot better since the beginning of street fighter five but
1: well that's the thing it seems like uh after ono departed yeah <laughs> yeah um <laughs> you know it seems like it feels like there was a whole bunch of talent at capcom that was waiting to just get a green light and try some fun things And it definitely feels like the last couple seasons of additional content for Street Fighter 5 really managed to do that and you know, just make the game a lot more fun again.
0: I agree. I think uh, that's what you need. Like, I think that's the same route that King of Fighters 15 is going. You got guys Mm -hmm. who love the series and know a lot about the gameplay, what the people want. Mm -hmm. And are very open to suggestions and very transparent with everything they're doing. So we'll see. Let's yeah. hope, let's hope that street fighter, like we said before, takes that cue from S and K.
1: Right. And so what about you, Ed, what's a game or games hmm. that you have changed your tune about?
0: I have one that is, you know, loved and then hated and then hated and then loved. Wow. So the, the first one might surprise you. It's mm-hmm. uh, the arcade version of Double Dragon. Mm. I mean, obviously, when you're a kid and you see this game, you see people like you have these two characters who are brothers and they're beating the crap out of people. And right. they got cool moves like the hair pull move and the elbow right. punch.
2: Oh my oh, no, god. I mean, double, it's great.
1: The original Double Dragon was absolutely it was it was a it was a big freaking deal. Yeah at the time it came out.
0: And it has it still has some of the beefiest sound effects. Like when you yeah. hit someone, oh man, you feel it. Mm-hmm. Love it. And then uh, some of the all almost all the music, if not if not all the music, was great. Mm-hmm. It was just an excellent game. But When I tried to play it recently, it's just too slow.
1: It's very, that's one thing where I will say Final Fight definitely has a leg up because if you go back and play Final Fight today, Mm -hmm. it still feels very crisp and fluid. Yeah. Whereas, you know, even Double Dragon 1 and 2, they're pretty chunky. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) just a little bit too sluggish to really relish anymore in in my opinion
0: I mean I'm very grateful they were one of the first side scroll beat em ups to really influence a lot of people afterwards but Mm -hmm. it's kind of like if you watch an old Transformers or Voltron cartoon and you see how the animation was really bad and you're like Mm -hmm. what did I see in this you know (laughs) Especially uh I remember a Voltron cartoon that I saw years later on Adult Swim I think. Mm-hmm. And you remember a uh, pigeon yeah. the, the the younger Voltron member that had the green suit?
1: Right, the I, not linked. Yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> I remember I saw this one cut scene where he was uh in his little space cowboy suit and then suddenly in the next scene he was in his space suit and then suddenly a, a second later he's back in the cowboy suit
1: oh was it like a cockpit yes. shot kind of thing where yes. like they were just yeah i mean that's just them trying to milk what little footage there was exactly
0: right because, a little too
1: far yeah, yeah
0: it was a lot of spliced uh footage of episodes that they kind of frankenstein together and also oh, yeah as they did that i was like mm-hmm. how did they not notice this it's terrible
1: well, I mean that's the thing with a lot of localized stuff from that time. Yeah, they were, they were, they were stretching that gravy pretty far, man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong. I still love the series, but it's really painful to yeah. watch those episodes, and it's painful to play Double Dragon arcade. Mm-hmm. If you want to play Double Dragon, play Double Dragon events.
2: <laughs>
1: yes the best because that pretty much that that game pretty much inhaled everything that was worthwhile about the first two arcade games yep and then just spat them back out in absolutely beautiful you know tight gameplay like for days like uh that game is still such a high water mark for like you know, a reissue of a classic retro game. Oh
2: uh,
0: that would be my ultimate hope they bring that game back somehow, yeah, but not butcher it. right. but yeah, that's uh the loved and then realized it sucked version uh, uh-huh. but hated it and then uh, realized I liked it. Um, do you know the game Metopia?: Mi- Yes. okay. Um, I didn't hate the game. But I didn't think it was that great when I first played it. And uh, okay. I'll tell you the circumstances. Um, when I first got it, um, I got the Japanese version because at the time, there were no indications that this was going to come out in the US. Right. So it took almost a year and a half to bring mm-hmm. it out, finally. But yeah, basically, I bought it and I tried it for about a couple hours and I was trying to uh, go through it, it, you know, with the Japanese being a little—it's not too difficult, but it was kind of like reading the story. I was like, eh, it kind of feels like uh, one of those Street Pass games that were on the 3DS, where it's like, yeah, it's charming, but it's probably not very deep. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna parking lot this one. I'm gonna put that aside for now, and then this was the time when uh, I was playing uh like I mentioned before all the RPGs that I missed out on like Chrono Trigger and uh and uh Dragon Quest 8 right mm-hmm. so I gave this a try again and then I was like wow this is actually a very good plot and it's amplified because of the fact that you could put people that are in your life like I put you in there <laughs> mm-hmm. i put other people that i knew uh in japan in there and it was fun seeing how they interacted with each other it was kind of mm-hmm. like a tomodachi life but in a role-playing game yeah. and yeah the story was actually super good it's probably much better than most games i've played for role-playing games so it's surprisingly really good i spent a hundred hours on this game I mean, Damn. even after I beat the game, there's still stuff mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. And I just kept playing until I just got uh, I was like, okay, that's enough. Because at the end it's just, you know, you want to collect everything. Right. It gets to that point, And I'm like, I'm okay with it now. <laughs> <laughs> but I highly recommend this game. I mean, it's on Switch now, and they made a yeah. few changes to that uh to that version. Um and it's, uh yeah, it looks a lot better now because it's on Switch, obviously. But yeah, that was a game that I initially uh, kind of underestimated. But geez, this game, not only did I have a lot of fun with it, it's the first and only RPG that I played completely in
2: <laughs> Japanese. Nice. And finished. And yeah, that if Isn't that... Isn't
1: it a good feeling to finish a game anymore?
0: Well... Oh. Especially in Japanese, jeez.
1: <laughs>
0: That's why I started the resolution. Period,
1: man. I mean, yeah. adulthood's so bad for actually finishing games.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember uh, Hoptimus. Uh, I, I, I listen to Hoptimus, and uh, he has another podcast. Uh, I think the, uh, the, uh, the Adult Gamer podcast, and I always hear about him. Yeah, he him. Guests on that one frequently. Yeah, he always talks about how just normal life, it's really hard to play games. And w- with yep. him, he's married and he has kids. For yep. me, I'm you know, I'm free as a bird. But right, even so, it's like it's yeah. still you're living an adult Lightfoot and making a living, and you don't have this time to play these games. But I'm finally yeah. giving myself that chance, especially because of this podcast, and which I'm grateful for. Um, yeah, just taking the time, playing games, having fun again, and I I love it. You gotta. Yeah, yeah. If you have the time, play it. I mean, don't feel you bad. Got
1: the time we've got the beer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But on that note, um, just a sidebar, real quick. Yes, I will give River City, uh, what River City Girls and Double Dragon Neon a chance. I'm sure You're the good games. Double Dragon Neon, another chance. And, and I, I might have to make an <laughs> addendum to this. Yeah. And say, yeah, I was wrong. You guys are right. This game's good. But I, I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. No. Um River City Girls, I'm sure it's good. I don't know about Double Dragon Neon, but
1: I, I couldn't I couldn't get into Double Dragon Neon.
0: Yeah. But I'm gonna give it a try anyway. That'll be Fuck that noise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think that about does it for this show. I think so. Yeah. I'm glad everyone could join us once again for a tenth episode. Yay! Woo! We're 10 now. One,
1: two, three, four, five, six, seven, 10, eight, eight, nine, 10, 10. 11, 12. <laughs> so I didn't know this until recently. Yeah. Um, that was actually the Pointer Sisters. That was? Yes.
2: Holy cow. That's cool.
0: I know. Yeah, I love yeah. If for those are who are too young to know that was a Sesame Street like little
1: it was this animated thing that taught kids how to te- count from one to 12 and each little episode of it quote unquote would circle it would focus on a different number
0: yeah i'm sure you could youtube it but i don't know what it would be labeled as but yeah it's got this cool uh animation of uh pinball
1: i'm sure through. there's so many people that have just sat in the search bar at youtube and they're just like one two three four,
0: five six seven eight <laughs> nine ten. Should I write that? Uh, should I type that? Uh, uh, you know, uh, in the right. n- numbers, or should I type right. that in? You know, long form yeah. English. <laughs> right. Yeah. But thanks for the good memories. God, world.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, if you enjoyed our podcast, uh, yeah, please. Do check out our previous episodes and please subscribe. Rate us everything. We have social networks, Instagram and Twitter at oh god at HZ. Any feedback, uh, do reach out to us by email at our parent network account at ruminationsradio at gmail.com. And Ooh. we got a lot of other podcasts with very engaging radio personalities under the Ruminations Radio Network banner. Please do check out the. Uh, RRN website at ruminationsradonetwork.com. I'm sure we you got we got a lot of podcasts that you might like to give us a try. But anyways, yeah, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye for now.